Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. I would be Bradshaw, and that would be the legendary WWE Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's favorite son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe. And this is Best of the Best, where we break down the, the wrestling's most iconic, most famous matches of all. Look at that. He's got a shirt. Box of gimmicks. Best of the best. Today, we're going to break down Pat Patterson, 1981 versus Sergeant Slaughter, the alley fight in Madison Square Garden. That's right, John. And, you know, Pat was uh, playing the role of an announcer, if you can believe that, and Pat French accent that he had. They're going banana, the crowd going banana and all that <laughs> stuff. Pat Patterson, it shows the versatility of it. I don't know how many people have, have classified this as Perhaps one of the greatest, uh, uh, definitely the greatest match of the 80s, they say, but perhaps the greatest match of the WWF, uh, WWE era, because this thing just just hit a peak where these two guys, Pat Pat was playing a perfect role as the announcer and a fall for the deal. And John, you want to set it up and maybe get into it? And in the beginning, we see the legendary Howard Finkel, but you know what? Even the best of the best. Make a mistake, and see if you can pick up Howard Finkel. They do, but before we do it, we will give a little setup to the match itself. Pat was uh, the announcer, and Sergeant Slaughter was with the Grand Wizard, Ernie Roth, and Pat got in to take the Cobra Clutch, and he ended up breaking it. Of course, Sarge, being the heel, said that he let go of it. Big bloodbath, he beat Pat up, and that's what set up this match with the alley fight because the last match they had had, they destroyed the referees. There was no finish. So now they come up upon this match in Madison Square Garden. So that's setting the plate for this iconic match in the sold-out Madison Square Garden that some people call one of the greatest matches that the Garden has ever seen. So if we can, we've got a new little format here because me and Mr. Briscoe are getting technically savvy. Actually, we're not. Conrad's people are. They Let's roll are the match. Kind of- Billionaire Connie just bought the best of the best. Present in the ring during the bout. Speaking of best and of the best. There will be no holes barred. One fall will win the contest, and the participants from South Carolina, weighing 305 pounds, 
Sergeant Slaughter. Now take a look at Sard when, when Sard comes out. Sard from San Francisco, California, weighing 237 pounds, Pat Patterson. Yeah, we get the audio to turn down a little bit. We'll talk over the match. And uh, there was the blunder that you talked about, Mr. Briscoe, with uh, Howard Finkel. I don't know how many people caught it, but please explain it to us. Uh, when uh, Howard Finkel says the one fall when 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 this contest or something like that, there's no referee to, to count one fall. So uh, there's, uh, there's going to be one fall. Howard you know, is probably the most ribbed guy in the history of the world, right? And yeah, and probably one of the most loved guys in the history of the world too in our business. That's true. And he would always oversell the ribs. Uh, mm -hmm. No big deal. No big deal. They're just ribbing me. Just the boys. No big deal. No big deal. He'd talk about it for an hour. Said it's no big deal. That's all guys wanted to hear. Well, Gerald, I'm, I'm glad they're ribbing me. That means they like me, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a suck up Pat is, by the way. Comes out with a I love New York shirt on, a Yankees hat. Oh man, he he he's he's down. He got it down. John, uh, Pat's wearing cowboy boots, as as we'll hear in a little bit. He's playing to the people just how difficult it is not to wear those working cowboy boots, but the real cowboy boots that Pat Patterson's got on. You see Pat going right to town, man. He don't waste no time. This is a feud that that that's been set up for for weeks and weeks, uh, and and now now they're getting it. But it tell us so how difficult it is to, is to maneuver around in those cowboy boots with the with the heels like they are. The thing was, cowboy boots. I wrestled them a lot. They weren't that bad in the ring as long as there wasn't any water in there. They were bad on the floor because it was so slippery. Because the boot, those boots have no traction on the bottom of. What I would do is I'd take a key and I'd mark up the bottom of the boot to give you some type of traction because it was like being on ice out there if it was slippery at all. That's what we when uh, we get new wrestling boots. That's the first thing we do: take a key and start scuffing up those those uh, those soles there. So, uh, so you get it. But but look at look at them. They're going right at it. And John, I don't know if you have, and I don't know how many people. Oh, have. and by the way, they're right on top of Vince here. That's Vince. The hair there. Happened. Look at the hair. There, there's a the man with all the hair. <laughs> can't mistake him. I mean, that, that that he just came from that place where you used to get your hair done. Federis, it was uh, Joseph. Joseph Ancada uh, was one of the greatest guys ever. He's still, still alive, still cutting hair there. Great guy. He said you were a lousy tipper, though. <laughs> no, I wasn't because Vince <laughs> went there. I always tipped very well. <laughs> okay, Pat goes right to it here. Look at him. Now, now the guy, I, I, let, let me explain to you. This is a, a regular two-inch leather belt that Pat got. There's no work in that belt. I mean, you can say what you want to. Pat is laying that, that strap in. I don't know if they, how many of you guys got whipped when you was a kid, but mom, that used to be my mama's favorite choice of punishment to take a belt to us. Uh, and, uh, and so it, when they hit you with that belt, man, it, it whelps you up. Right, John? Oh, my goodness, yeah, and it just stings, especially before you get sweaty. It just hurts. Strap match, Caribbean strap match. Leather matches, they all know those belts hurt. You always try to figure out a way to wear a Even shirt a strap during, match. during a strap match. Yeah, now, 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 now look, look, Sarge, Sarge has got on a white shirt. He usually wears a camouflage color shirt. And there's a reason for that that we'll get into a little bit later on in, 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 in viewing this thing. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Jerry, that you're, you're going to get to about the white shirt. And look how Sarge is selling this. Now, it does hurt. There's no doubt about it. But Sarge, what a worker Sergeant Slaughter is. A lot of people think that this was probably uh, Sergeant Slaughter's greatest match that he had in any of his runs during WWE. I kind of I kind of doubt that, but this was such an iconic match. I don't know how many have gone gone back and watched the setup, watched the uh, the five thousand oh. dollar challenge or the ten thousand dollar challenge. That thing was probably just as exciting and built as much as this match here. And here you got two master psychologists in the ring, Pat Patterson, none better. And then, then Sergeant Slaughter, he doesn't get all the, all the, all the, uh, all the credit he, he deserved for being a great ring general. And he is exactly that. So you got two of the greatest ring generals of all time in there talking this match. Yeah. And the finish of this match reminds me a lot of uh, stone cold and Bret Hart, which we'll see in a, you know, in a little bit, the finish, but, you know, how Sarge stays so strong at the end. I mean, this match is just a masterpiece of psychology. John, I had the pleasure of riding with Pat Patterson an awful lot talking about this match. And I also had the pleasure of riding with Sarge an awful lot and talking about this match. And I also had the combination of both of them sitting in, in, the, in the car with me telling me the story. And they both recall it a little bit different. And, and, it's remarkable how they both come up with all this stuff, you know, and, and they, of course, you know, in the, in the car, when they're individual, Oh, I did this, but of course in, in the car with the two of them, it, it's more of a give or take on who, who created it. <laughs> oh, come on. The boys take credit for something that never happens. Never. This is one of my favorite spots. I used to do these chain matches, rope matches. At some point, you always in that thing with in your mouth, like a, a horse with a bit. And that hurts. It does hurt. It's horrible to be in it. It's best when you're putting it on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Most of this match is, is better to be the uh, the giver than the receiver. <laughs> and Pat goes on to be the uh, referee of WrestleMania 1. Uh, and the story is because Muhammad Ali was starting to already get a little bit of uh, early dementia. Uh, Pat ended up stepping in and taking the place and being the referee for that first iconic match in, in the garden in WrestleMania one. Now, don't you know, there's somebody out there that probably has the remnants of that t-shirt right there. Has a gold mine <laughs> That's it right. Probably Midian. Yeah. Probably. Well, you know, half of the boys that was lived around New York were probably at this badge too. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Every time we have an iconic match from Madison Square Garden, oh, I was there. Oh, I was there. I was sitting in the third row. Yeah, I hit Sniper all the way from uh, Philadelphia to go that match. It's amazing how when you talk about old iconic things, all the boys were there. Oh, yeah. I was on that card. I was on that card. I remember it well. And then there you're seeing a young uh, uh, Jordan Napoliano and Bill Lapter there taking pictures. Oh, wow. I, I didn't uh... – of course, that's who they are. I, I didn't even realize that. Sarge was a bumping fool I for know, being I, a big I, guy. Yeah, and then, you know, they advertised Sarge to threesome. Sarge is probably at the peak of his physical prowess at, at this time here. He is absolutely huge and what good shape that he's in. You know, a few years later, the WrestleMania, when he, when he did the uh, – that Rocky thing, you know, he was he was a little overweight, but here he's in probably the best condition of, of his entire career. 
you know, and I love a silly little spot like that. You know, Sarge gets thrown out. He's selling. He goes up the top rope. Pat rolls out of the way. It doesn't work. They're both selling. You know, that spot, if you drew that up on paper, doesn't make sense. You watch it live, and it does. It's, it's just guys telling the story, right, John? Just telling the story oh. and painting a picture, you know. And you know what's hard about this, Jerry, is there's no referee. Right. So there's no false finishes. There's no holds that you crawl to the ropes. I mean, it's just solid action. And these guys do a masterful job. You know, Brody used to beat guys with the, that, that flying knee. Right. That's a beautiful knee by Pat. Brody used to run around and do that high flying knee from the mat. Looked like well, it just that was a Ray Stevens special. That Ray Stevens high knee is what we used to call it back in the old days. I mean, it was a Ray Stevens. Ray so Stevens. Pat, Pat, I'm sure got it from Ray Stevens, right? I'm sure he did. Yeah, because they were such a tremendous tag team out in California. And see, so here's now where you normally go for a false finish, but you can't. So you got to keep the action going. That's these matches can be hard. There can be a lot of fun, but they can be hard. Yeah, they're, they're, you don't realize how important the presence of a referee is until you watch something like it. Even as a fan, you know, we're, we're both sitting there waiting for a count referee, you know, kick out, you know, and stuff like that. You just got to feel these situations more than more than normal, you know, because you, you have no referee there to kind of set the tempo for you. Did you ever work with the Grand Wizard? Never did. I, I met the Grand Wizard Ernie several times. I, Ernie had a place down here in Florida, of course, so during the during the wintertime, all, all, all New York talent came down to Florida, and Eddie, Eddie graciously booked him. So got to be around him just a little bit like that, in and out, but nothing nothing where I got to, to work around him, said he. Nice guy. Yeah, it seemed like a super guy. You know, there, I mean, you know, he liked the juice. And uh, of course, down here, when he was down here, it was vacation. So, <laughs> working or otherwise, he was probably, he was usually juiced up. <laughs> he had a lot of heat. Yeah. Had a lot of heat, especially up in New York with all the, you know, fancy stuff he'd wear, the, the sunglasses. You know, a lot of people don't talk about Ernie Roth, the Grand Wizard, as being one of the great managers, but he was. He was a huge part of this era. You know, you know, that whole class of managers that they had in New York at that time, Ernie, uh, Ernie Roth, you know, uh, uh, the other guys, you know, the, the wizard, uh, what, what was some you know, Bono up there at the time, yeah, Lou Alba, Captain Lou. I mean, they were, they're classic examples of professional wrestling manager. Look at bump Pat takes it. You know, Arnie Scullin was a great manager. And, and he was so good because he would just wear that towel over his shoulder and just stand there and not say anything. It was a real unique way that that he managed. It was it was really cool the way he did it. Oh, he was he was he was so good. He was almost he, he thought he was legit. Hey, look at Sarge here. Sarge Sarge gets up there and realizes this is a bad idea. <laughs> now this is the second time, and I really think that if there's a flaw in this match, this is probably the only, that was probably the only. Uh, who fall in the entire in the entire match? I don't know if Pat didn't feed him like he. It looked like Pat was didn't see what he wanted, and it also just, looked like Sarge got up there and thought, you know what, this is really dumb. I was thinking that, or you know, Pat was supposed to come through the like he's doing now, come through the opening, and, and Sarge come and take out. us something off the top. But we'll we'll just say Sarge was like a super cat. He got up there so quick, Pat didn't have time to react. <laughs> So it still turned out good. They, they two pros made it work. What, what, oh, what? here's Sarge. Just took his blade off his left yeah. wrist. Look at it right there. Yeah, yeah. Watch him. See him there. Now watch yeah. his arm. Well, look at his arm when he comes out of there. 
I mean, as John, look at his arm. I mean, you know, when he had, he had to have squirted out of there so bad that when he come out that arm. Oh, man. He, that was, that was fast. Yeah. He still he, got it, by the way, for those that are out there that are interested. He puts it in his uh, trunks, his upper trunks, here in a, here in a little bit. Now that that's what the old times we call a a a a, a, a drunken uh, cowboy cell there, the old drunken yeah. cowboy, you know, the old John Wayne cell in bar fight. And the crowd is going banana. The crowd is going banana. Pat, look, Pat, firing up there. There, Sarge putting the old blade up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, folks, he he hit he hit one of those things that. Just bleeds like, and you get scared sometimes when you hit those. Hey, I'm not speaking from experience, but I'm speaking of what other guys have told me, you know, because you're just squirting out blood so much, you don't know how much it, you know, until you get dizzy and fall off. But, you know, at this point, I mean, this is, we talk about this uh, in the match we discussed with Hanson, you know, when you get the juice late in the match and you build up to it, now the work's done. I mean, Sarge, all he has to do is sell the juice and, this is it. I mean, and he's doing such a great job of not knowing, you know, selling selling the juice and not knowing where he's from. Now you see why he's got that white T-shirt on when Sarge usually wears that camouflage T-shirt, so that, that juice is all covered, that white visual stuff right there. Sarge pulls out the brass knuckles. Vince on commentary calls it perfectly, uh, the brass knuckles. And what's so great about this is Sarge tries to use the brass knuckles again a few times, and Pat keeps blocking it. And look at uh, Sarge sail, man. That's yeah. the best. Well, There's well, nothing well, like well, when a crowd is that high. Yeah. You, 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 can do any, you can do anything. You can do anything at that point. They want to start uh, when, when a crowd really hot like that. And the key is you build them first. You build them first, then you get the color. And here goes Sarge now. He's just going to sell, sell, sell. Brass knuckles still on his right hand, so you got the, the threat there. Looks like Sarge is suffering a little bit there. You know, John? Yeah, absolutely. He's suffering from uh, early stages of male pattern baldness there. <laughs> oh, would Vince hate that when the, the camera guys will get a baby face that's got a bald spot? Get off that damn thing now. <laughs> Look at Sarge selling now. He just keeps getting up, doesn't know where he's at. And now he's painting a picture. You know, you can do anything to me that you want. I ain't quitting. That's right. That's why I, I compare this to Stone Cold Brett uh, Hart. When Steve just wouldn't quit. Juice all over him, wouldn't quit. This makes Pat, but it also makes Sarge. He just it's took not. out the cameraman, by the way. Look at the cameraman down there. Now, now, folks, he's getting well by this cowboy boot here, and that's not a working boot there. When, when somebody when somebody usually has this kind of match, they're usually wearing cowboy boots for usually the first time. And when they hit it with you, they don't know how to work that damn thing like the regular cowboys like Layfield or, or Goodish or, or Stan or some of those guys. Pat probably one time wore the cowboy boots, and he's hitting you with that. Dad. And those boots are stiff, man. There's the towel. They're dirty. Rock, they're dirty. Wizard. That's enough. My guy's not giving up. And that's a great point. I worked so many bull rope matches. Guys didn't know how to use the belt. I knew how to use it. I got potatoed. I got my nose broke. 
It was always tough when a guy was using a gimmick he, he wasn't comfortable using. Yeah. But look at Sarge here. The match is over. Yeah. Pat's celebrating. Sarge is still standing, barely. And that, that's a good point right there. Sarge is still on his feet, John. So this thing didn't hurt Sarge at all. I mean, his, his, his manager threw in the towel because he, he wanted him to live to fight another day. This match, I guess, is considered so violent and so so uh, visual that it's not even on network, John. It, uh, we got to pick it up here on the Oh, YouTube. really? I didn't know that. But look at Sarge here. Ernie Roth is still trying to stop him. Sarge doesn't know where he is. He's all beat up, bloodied, selling all the way to the back. I mean, that is – that's a working son of a gun, man. That's Sarge. What a freaking master. Oh, man. And here look at Pat. Pat down selling. He's, he just won the match. Yeah, now the Pat's the only one down in this. And Sarge walked out. Sarge walked out on his own two feet without the assist to Ernie. And here's Pat, who won the match, down on the match selling. That's a story right there, folks. Yep. That is a master class in how to work. And look at the people. Unbelievable. All the reaction they got was just, just wow. It's, it's the reactions that we talk about that we work for, that we dream about receiving. And here it was in Madison Square Garden. But, folks, I want to tell you again, if you have not seen the, the setup, the $5,000 challenge, go do yourself a favor and watch this and then go and watch the uh, $5,000 challenge where, the, where the, the guy that's supposed to do the job walks out on Sarge and finally Pat's had enough. And, and, and I've read it described as a classic case of bully, you know, where uh, Sarge just bullies Pat and, and finally taking the, taking the challenge, he doubles the money, $5,000. But watch, watch the uh, the setup for this uh, this match, and and you wow this. Uh, then you see why it was so violent in the match. Yeah, and uh, Sarge, you know, you look at how he did his characters in history. You know, right after Vietnam, he was a drill instructor. Right after the, the Vietnam War was over, he's a drill instructor. Got it off of a movie, and you know, at that time, America was not looking very favorable at drill instructors. You know, a lot of guys served. They didn't like their drill instructor. Or they didn't like the war. He was playing off a, a national sentiment that he was going to be this drill instructor and be a bad guy. Well, then when it changed, you know, when you have the, the sentiment change in his patriotism, Sarge becomes a babyface and this huge babyface, G.I. Joe. Then during the Iraqi war, he turns the other way and becomes a sympathizer. I mean, it's just Sarge was very smart in public perception and how how to play that into the business. Oh, Sarge was fantastic with him. By the way, John, as you know, you can hear the entire Sergeant Slaughter story on, on stories with Briscoe and Bratch on YouTube or wherever you get your, your podcast from. That's right. And what a story it was. I mean, Sarge was on with us for about two and a half hours and went through all of the WrestleMania plans that got canceled because of security. And he had the, the, the death threats that he had, that Vince had, it was, I mean, his family, it's a had, wonderful his family story. had to take his girls out of school because of the threats and all that. I mean, it's all in those stories with Briscoe Bradshaw. Hey, Jerry, you're good friends with Pat. Did, did he ever say I'm going to the store and get bananas or is it always banana? Banana. I said, Pat, you sure? He said, well, I go around in the store, you know, before we uh, take off. And he said, are you, are you going into grocery? Yeah. He said, grab me a banana. I said, you sure you don't want any bananas? No, I just want a banana. For those that don't know, 
Pat would always say, the people, they go banana. They go banana. And, and uh, well, I miss that. You know, we did, it's been, been uh, a little over a year now, and uh, we all miss his Pat's sense of humor. But we saw a little bit of Pat Patterson's genius in this thing here tonight. I mean, we, we saw how to work, how to tell a story, how to end a match where neither contestant is is uh, is hurt, and one of them is clearly the winner, and one of them's clearly the loser. But they were able to get out of that. And here in Sarge, on another interview, and I apologize to the guy, but it was a tremendous interview. He inter interviewed Sarge. Sarge's thoughts about this mostly. And, you know, when Vince came to him, well, we're going to have this alley fight. Well, okay, how do you win? Well, you don't win. It's just it's an alley fight. So, you know, they're sitting in the dressing room. Uh, and uh, he looks over, Pat, Pat, how are we ending this thing? I don't know. Of course, so Ernie, Ernie's been around everything. And, uh, and Pat said, how do you want to do it? Because supposedly, I'm sorry, I don't have a clue. I don't know what, what we're supposed to do. Ernie, do you have any experiences? Do you know, do you know how we're supposed to, uh, to end this? He said, no. He said, give me a second. So Ernie left. I don't know if he went out and drank a fifth of whiskey or something, but he came back and he told Sergeant Pat, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> so that's sort of the urban legend of, you know, of the finish there. Now, who, who early went and talked to the, did you go talk to the old man, you know, and say, Hey, we need a finish on this. How about me throwing it in a towel or something like that? What, you know, later year, year, a few years later, Arnie Scoland, she mentioned earlier, he threw in a historic towel on a match. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, to me, it's, it's one of the greatest finishes ever because it just makes everybody, you know, it makes everybody and it makes everybody with, uh, uh, you know, like it did Stone Cold and Bret Hart, you know, Steve got covered in, covered in juice and selling like crazy, but he never died. I'm not giving up. And now, he made we, it. we don't, we don't know if this, this match, what did this, what this match result in more return matches or, you know, was, was this the end of the angle, the finish? Or? I think this was the blow off. Yeah, this was, what a blow so off. Pat, Pat later, you know, came back in and did a few other things, but, but not a ton, you know, he had, become the intercontinental champion to challenge uh, Backlund where in that tournament down in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, when I was down to Rio for the 216 Olympics, I got, I got me an Uber driver. <laughs> I went to that Uber driver, Pat Patterson, intercontinental champion. Like who, uh, you know, Lucha. Libra, you know, and, uh, even though they speak Portuguese, I thought Spanish. Yeah, they don't speak Spanish. <laughs> they don't speak Portuguese. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even though, but you know, <laughs> but he understood what I thought when I did that. This is the international side for pro wrestling. So I said, Pat Patterson, oh, number one. I knew what he meant for number one, first intercontinental champion. That's how easy it is to communicate in foreign countries, John. <laughs> Well, he, you know, drove Buddy me, he drove me. He drove me to this old worn-out part of Rio that would buildings were falling down and all this stuff. But he pointed over there to this building that had fallen down. But there was one big pillar left, and on it, I went over there and there's grass growing up there, bottles and all this other stuff that I don't want mention on a family show here. And I finally got it out of the way, and I see this little plaque etched in stone. Pat Patterson, first Intercontinental Championship won right here on his side, historical side. I took a picture of it, and I had a picture of it, but as everybody knows, I got pickpocketed that night in Rio 
lost my my phone, my wallet, and everything. So I have no proof that I couldn't ever get back there because I couldn't find that Uber driver again. Did you see Buddy Rogers' plaque too? Because he won the WWF title down there as well. That was on the other. Area. They told me that was on the other corner, but I couldn't get over there because of all the overgrowth and everything. <laughs> but it was a historical. It was, it was a memorable moment, John. It it's was a one shame you lost the picture. life. And when, when you saw Victoria Falls for the first time, you told me about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was that amazing, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, folks, there you have it. One of the most iconic matches in WrestleMania in wrestling history, in Madison Square Garden history, in WWE history. Two of the greatest legends of all time, Pat Patterson and Sergeant Slaughter. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. Like, subscribe, do all that stuff. And everywhere you can get podcasts, stories of Briscoe and Bradshaw, we've got legends themselves telling their legendary stories for Mr. Briscoe the WWE Hall of Famer and Oklahoma's favorite son and me, Brad Shaw. Thanks for joining us.